Hello, this is Ted Prozelski. Welcome to another episode of Words and Work. Uh, this episode, we get to do both sides. Um, I think we're going to have Maria Reras, who's a member of our local chapter of the National Writers Union. Uh, one-time journalist, has written for the Tucson Weekly, as well as uh, publications in other cities. And currently uh, is a poet and works on the staff of the uh, University of Arizona Press, which she's going to talk about. I've known Mari since I was in college, um, and, and I found out over the course of this interview that she doesn't remember that we knew each other in college. That's okay. We'll deal with it. Um, the other thing I want to tell you uh, when we get into this is that for one reason or another, her audio kept dropping out. Uh, I decided to go with things anyway because it, it seemed like the point got across, even if it can be a little jarring to hear it go away once in a while. But I went ahead and, and left those little pauses in um, I'm not sure why that happened, but uh, came out okay. So here's Mari, and I'll come at you right after we're done. All right, we've got Mari Herreras, uh, who's the publicity manager with uh, U of A Press uh, and a member of the local chapter of the National Writers Union. Um, and... Um, and a, a former journalist here in town as well. We're going to talk about that. Um, so uh, welcome to uh, Words and Work. So, great. Thanks for having me. I'm glad, I, I'm glad you're doing this project. The, looking at the website and all the other interviews you've done, it's, it's pretty cool. I like the fact that you're taking it on. Well, so, someone has to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as you've no doubt figured out, we, uh, Mari and I have, have known each other for a while, um, and uh, we won't say how long, though, right? I think it's going to be as long as I've been back to Tucson, right? I mean, it's... Well, but even before that, because I, I remember you, you know, reading your, your bylines for the Wildcat way back. Oh, a long time ago. Yeah. 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 And and well, let's let's talk about that. What what got you started in writing and in journalism? I guess um, so many things. It's weird. I'm doing an interview right now for you know uh, Brian Smith and his wife Maggie have an arts journal that they started uh, as well as a press, um, and they're publishing a long form poem to of mine for their next issue with the Q&A and it has a couple, it has like a, qu a question like that and it's hard to, to answer, you know, the, um, for a bit of time and I need to get it done and get it to them. But, you know, I don't know. I think as a kid, I used to be interested in what was going on in the world a lot because of her work. Um, um, yeah, I think that, that uh, we, my mom, when uh, we left Tucson when I was about four, uh, and for her to finish her anesthesia training in Baylor, 
And from there, we just kept going from other gigs that she had um, as a nurse anesthetist. Uh, we lived in Dallas. We lived in Shreveport, Louisiana. We lived in the Republic of Panama and Germany for a short time. And I think that that kind of just, you know, opened up my world quite a bit, which was really cool. And then as a young, uh, as a preteen, this interest in writing and journalism kind of entered the picture because we were news nerds. My mom always had a subscription to the daily paper wherever we lived. We definitely got the Sunday paper and it was opened up during breakfast and we watched the news, you know, Peter Jennings and Charlie Reynolds were kind of my journalism hunks from my generation. And I, yeah. And I think that's a bit of how, you know, I wanted to write and it made sense to, to be part of that world and, and talk about communities and stories. And I, um, Started off as a journalism major at the UVA, although I, um, but I did, I think, the things that a lot of people do when they're interested in journalism. You know, I worked at the high school paper and then um, then went to school and got on CAT staff and started off as a new, got, was on the news desk there under Joe, Joe Sikowski, who's over TEP now and has been for many years. And then was on the arts desk and and then left and got internships and early jobs in Los Angeles and then lived in Seattle for a bit in central Washington and always found work as a community journalist and and alt weeklies and things like that. You know, uh, by the way, I, I always like to ask this because it it, it, it always turns out to be a a really kind of a funny thing. What was the name of the high school paper? God. Okay. So yeah, it is a funny thing because the name is just ridiculous. Mm. The high school I graduated from was in Shreveport, Louisiana, and it was an all girls Catholic high school. And the little bitty paper that I worked on uh, was called the Lil, Lil, L-I-L, little apostrophe there, Vin, V-I-N. As in, like Vincent. So, okay. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I went to St. Gregory here in Tucson, and I, uh, yeah, and and ours was the Gregorian chant. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, you know, you you could tell someone's religious background by whether or not you had to explain that name. Um, <laughs> and, you know. Um, so, uh, but you did, you returned to Tucson and you were writing for the Tucson Weekly for a while, right? Yeah, I, um, you know, I was living in central Washington in a town called Wenatchee and my uh, now ex-husband, uh, Tony Zinman, he, um, our son, and we just wanted to be closer to family. We were having issues and with the school system and things like that. Our son has uh, um, autism. And so we wanted more support. So it made sense to be close to my mom. My mom had returned to Tucson to retire. And we thought, let's do it. So he took the bar and 
we packed up the truck and uh, he got a job offer from Hirsch to work in the public defense vendor's office, which is what he did and loves, still still there. And took me a couple of months and I uh, went in and applied for a job at the weekly and Jimmy Bogle hired me. Um, and I'm grateful forever. He's probably one of my favorite editors I've ever had. And um Definitely grateful for the time I was there at the weekly. You know, but if an editor is your favorite, does that really mean he was doing a good job? Because you know, you know. <laughs> no. Ah, that means he kicked my ass and yeah. you know made me cry a few times, and um, and that was okay. You know, um, I learned a lot, and um, you know, probably ignored some things sometimes that I probably shouldn't have, but. Um, I definitely appreciated appreciated him, him and uh, um, and I think I I did good things because because of his support and ass kicking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had uh, uh, I, I did some work for uh, Major League Soccer, and the editor I had was brutal, mm. but it was good, man, because it was the sort of thing that I was supposed to write for them were these 400 word sidebar pieces. Right. And so it had to be immediate. It had to, I mean, no BS, just here's what, you know, and it, it in some ways was really formulaic, mm. but, but that became the challenge, you know, how do you, right. and it was, it was really, it, it, it showed me a lot about how to do that. Um, what um so what kind of stories did you do at the weekly and and you were and were you mostly doing you know similar publications when you were working out of state you know i worked for an alt weekly in seattle as a freelancer called the stranger no that's a that's a really good one it really man i was there when it came to town um and how it really stirred up local journalism and um, kind of made life really tough. Seattle Weekly, that was the Alt Weekly at the time. And it's just interesting when you look at Alt Weekly history and how uh, when Alt, Le- Alt Weekly is like, like, the, uh, like the Seattle Weekly, like the LA Weekly, like, you know, the Guardian and uh, I mean, the Bay Guardian and, um, and eventually the Tucson Weekly in, in communities like Tucson. Um, and then I think when um, I think when the stranger showed up, it um, it uh, it asked uh, weeklies to to stretch a little bit beyond their comfort zone, and I think that was a good thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that, and that sounds like I mean, what is? I mean, the, the thing I always think about with the weekly is, I mean, I, I, you know, in it's, I mean, it's still, I think still pretty strong, but you know, when it was in its heyday, when mm-hmm. was, was in mm-hmm. charge, you, know, you, you did have this room for these, you know, 2000 word pieces on things. And, and, right. Um, right. and, and it was, and, and I, I don't know how much of that was because it only needed to come out once a week or or how much of it was just the general attitude that people that publish papers like that have? I think it's a combination for sure. 
I, and I think we definitely have, we're, all media is experiencing, has been experiencing these changes and in, in that outlook for, for a long time now. Um, but, you know, when I came in at the weekly, it, it had been with uh, the Wick family for a bit um, after they sold, they bought it from Doug Bigger for that sale. You know, it was uh, the weekly, um, you know, it was hard to keep it, the doors open um, even back then. And I don't know, um, but I know that um, even then, uh, prior to the Wicks purchasing it, there, there was there was struggle uh, in terms of ad revenue and paying people and all that stuff that goes into keeping a publication going. And the Wicks came in, made some major changes that a lot of people weren't really happy with. Uh, but um, I think the good thing, if there was a good thing back then in terms of keeping the doors open and keeping people paid, was that by the Wicks, uh, well, two, there's the territorial, which was the uh, legal paper, you know, they the ran all the legal ads. Mm. And then there was the business paper that um and from what i understand there was a lot of like you know in good days when we were doing well with our ad revenue they may not be doing so well because legal ads were down and then when our economy may not be doing so well the legal ads were supporting all the publications and we were able to keep going i don't know what led the wicks to let go of the weekly um and i know since then it's been through uh, three different ownerships um, at different in different ways or reorganizing. Uh, I um, I think that you know that during that time I'm grateful that for about ten years you know that was when Jimmy Bogle was there um, to pay everybody um, and pay freelancers. Um, pay people on time and run long form journalism. And then we also were able to go into cool new areas of digital um, journalism in terms of making changes to our website, creating a blog and uh, making sure that we were all contributing to it every day and kind of going into that, that world in a sense that where we knew we'd have to, um, all of that happened during that time period. Um, and then, you know, the sale made, we went through some more changes, but, you know, I th I'm grateful the paper, grateful that Jim is there to to keep a, a light on. It's not, it's definitely a lot different in the terms of space and page count. And I know he's not happy about that, but he's also happy with the new owners and, I think happy that they can at least keep keep a good bunch of other things going on at the same that that maybe would be kind of sad for us in Tucson to not have the certain music coverage or Brian Smith's uh, like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's interesting when talking to Jim about the weekly is, I mean, he, I mean, I guess it's because, I mean, he. He's been there so long. I mean, he mm -hmm. was there as as a journalism student way back mm -hmm. a thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. 
and listening to the way he talks about the, I mean, he is so invested with it as a publication with, yeah. with um, which I, I think is valuable. And I think a lot of other newspapers kind of miss that when they go through these, these, uh, you know, mass firings and stuff all the time that they don't, they lose that, that kind of love that some of these people can have for those, the, these publications. Yeah, that's true. I- staffs going through um, new new owners and the changes that come with that it doesn't bring a lot of feelings of security and all that that you want to have I think sometimes uh, I'm always happy to remind folks that journalists are, are real people who have to pay their bills and at the same time uh, feel you know like they're shining lights on all the issues that they are they're concerned about but you also have to to pay bills, raise kids, and things like that. And sometimes these um, these situations and these uh, changes really don't make for a lot of confidence, you know, with folks and where their next paycheck is coming and and all that good stuff. Okay. So let's talk about what you're doing now. You're you're at mm-hmm. U of A Press, and mm-hmm. and the first thing I want to just for everyone that's listening, U of A Press. Um, is uh, it's an academic press, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that's yeah. a, that's a different that's a slightly different animal than a regular publisher, right? Yeah, it's a bit definitely slightly different animal. Um, so the UVA Press um, has been around since the uh, mid fifties, um, and we publish about twenty five books a season, uh, fall, spring. Um, and we have uh, a couple of uh, literary series that have gotten a lot of attention over the years. Soul, which is our um, Latinx uh, literary series, focuses on fiction, poetry, um, some creative nonfiction. Um, and then the other is Sun Tracks, which is uh, an award-winning series of indigenous poetry and literature and creative nonfiction as well. Um, and it, that series is um, edited by Ofelia Cepeda here in Tucson at the UVA. Um, yeah, it's a sense that I think two words, uh, peer review uh, is going to be what makes ultimately makes an academic press different from a regular commercial press. You know, what was that book that came out a couple of years ago about the immigrants and uh, a, a mother or daughter immigrating up north? Oh, yes. yes. Oprah, you know, made a big to do and then it uh, all came crashing down. Um, the I think the great thing that we've always, always feel uh, here at the UVA Press is that um, we have um, the peer review process that keeps those kinds of things from happening, you know, where you have people who are part of that field, um, who've done that work, editors, editor, edit, editorial uh, series, uh, board members who to look at all the, the um, publicate, all the, ma- all the manuscripts that come through. Um, and that really does make a difference. Um, and I think also that 
one of the things that happens as an academic press through time and uh, is that how we look at um, how we look at areas of study so differently than we did maybe when the press first started. So Native American and Indigenous studies, for example, anthropology, we, you know, there are now a growing, growing numbers of um, Native anthropologists who are coming in, you know, with a lot of really great work, um, strong movement, I think, to, in essence, to decolonize, you know, a lot of these areas of study where we were hearing one thing for so long, and now we're saying, now we need to change how we're looking at uh, these areas, and here are these scholars that are helping us do that. Yeah, my my mom worked at the Southwest Center for a long time. Yeah, and and that was and at that point they were publishing a journal called uh, the Journal of the Southwest. Mm-hmm. And before that, though, it was called Arizona in the West, and it tended to and it was a lot of if you go back and and the stuff is really fun to read, but if you go back a few decades, it's all like. Um, here's our story about Doc Holliday and the train robbers, you know, right, right. and now, I mean, it's, it's, you know, early settlement in the Mogollon Rim, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, so, I mean, that, that seems to be a lot of focus of, of the publishing that goes on at the U of A now is mm-hmm. about Native American and Hispanic history. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, changed oh. in that way. Yeah. So what, what is your role then? So my role is I, once we technically launch a book for the season, primarily with our, our trade authors, uh, those are the folks that are coming from the series that I talked to you about, the, the uh, Sun and Camino del Sol, and a few of our scholarly works that we think may have wider audiences. Um, so I work a little more closely with those folks in coming up with a plan to publicize their work. Who are we sending review copies to? Working with those review outlets. We do a lot of copy writing too for our catalog that we do every year. I'm part of a three-person marketing team. Mm-hmm. And so part of it is uh, we do, you know, we work together um, in uh, we have a news blog on our website. Um, look up our events too that we plan in-person events or events that are happening in other areas of the country because uh, our authors are from all over. You know, we have that strong connection to places like uh, the Southwest Center and the Southwest in general and UVA and our local anthropology um, uh, department as well as. Um, uh, those who those in the field, uh, but I think that um, we have folks that work in those fields from all over the country. Um, so on our website, you can find out what they're up to and uh, look at news items on our. And so we we're do, I'm doing a lot of those. Um, so yeah, I'd say. Um, and. Um, uh, you know, just really working as close as possible with authors to help promote their books. Okay. Um, and and you mentioned a little bit at the beginning, we were talking about uh, 
uh, a journal that you'd written for uh, some poetry for, and you were being interviewed about. Could you talk a little bit about your work as a poet? Sure. Um, yeah. You know, um, Brian Smith and Maggie Smith. Uh, uh, Brian is a writer and has been an editor at the weekly and still writes his column Tucson salvage. And mm -hmm. he and his wife decided to start uh, in Tucson called R and R and um, their focus tends to be literary um, and creative nonfiction, poetry. Um, and in order to support that effort and get the word out about their authors, they put out a literary journal called Glue Gun. And that has comes out every quarter and it celebrates like what authors they're going to be coming out with soon. Um, the cover shows the cover of that book and gives you authors and poets that they're working with from all over the country. Um, yeah, and I was really, I don't know, just really tickled that they asked if they could publish a work of, of a chapbook of my, you know, I just have not been really good about getting out there and doing all the things one's supposed to do in terms of contests and, you know, filings and all that, all that good stuff. I've just been just busy, you know, uh, raising Rafi and now taking care of my mom that, um, and with work, you know, all the different jobs I've had. Um, so that's been, it's been really sweet for them to do that. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope it helps to get my button gear more in the future. But yeah, poetry has been, honestly, it, um, I've joked with folks that I would love it if we could do to teach a class, a poetry class to journalists. Um, my interest in poetry, my love of poetry has always helped me in some way, either, um, you know, uh, I've always had a leaves of uh, copies of Leaves and Grass on my desk, you know, with um, when I've been working at a paper to help move things in my brain a bit. And then the other side is my writing poetry, I think has been something that's helped me with my mental health. Um, and uh, I've been lucky that people seem to have liked to hear me read from time to time. And occasionally I've been published in a, a journal here or there. Um, anyway, but um, that's uh, going to not come out. That book won't come out until 2023. <laughs> so hopefully I'll still be around. Hopefully you'll still be around. Yeah, we'll still be, we'll all be around you know, <laughs> and, and we'll still be dealing with COVID. It'll be great. Yeah, no, but, no. You know, you know, the, the thing, and I, I you know, you, you've kind of, I, I wanted to wrap things up, but now I'm thinking of something else is that, you know, I know my problem and I don't write poetry, but sometimes I like to write little essays and things. And mm -hmm. it's always the challenge and it sounds like you've got the same one is, is just finding a spare 15 minutes where you want to be quiet. You yeah. know, I've thought about lately and, you know, just things, life happens, you know, I, it is, um, it is a joy, you know, to take care of my mom right now. I'm happy that I'm here for her uh, at this time in her life. But there are times that I daydream about, like, wouldn't it be cool to get an Airbnb in the middle of somewhere, in the middle of nowhere for like a week and just uh, have that time? I've been 
working like you. I've been working on a series of essays, a book of short stories that would be really nice to finish someday. <laughs> How that will happen, I don't know. <laughs> well, well, thank you for uh, for talking to me. Sure, anytime. And anytime. Uh, and um, we'll uh, we'll have you on again when in twenty twenty three. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, anytime. And uh, (laughs) I hope that, uh, I hope it was a good interview for you. Thank you, Mari. And once again, I apologize to all of you for those momentary technical glitches that we had. I just want to give you a little update. Uh, National Writers Union is having a... reading an open mic on Monday. That would be the 17th of January. Uh, Our reader will be David Yetman in his book, The Natural Landmarks of Arizona. David Yetman uh, is a a TV host uh, as well as researcher. Um, Many of us locally know him from the show The Desert Speaks. Uh, Those of us who are a little older remember that he was on the Pima County Board of Supervisors for a time. So this will be a a good talk. If you want to find out more about how to uh, get into the meeting, because all of our meetings are still online, you can visit our Facebook page, National Writers Union Tucson Chapter. Words and Work has been a presentation of the National Writers Union Tucson Chapter as well as Downtown Radio. I'm Ted Prozelski. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you all next week.